We continue a reading from the Gospel of Luke. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Son of God, child of Mary, born in the stable at Bethlehem. Be born again in us that through us the world may know the wonder of your love. Son of God, light that shines in the dark, child of joy and peace, help us to come to you and be born anew this holy night. Hear this prayer for your love's sake. Amen. Not not that I want to make anyone feel uncomfortable on Christmas Eve of all nights, but I must ask, are thank you notes even still a thing? Are you good about writing them? I personally believe thank you notes are important. And I always have the best intentions to write them. But as the Apostle Paul said, I know what I should do, and I do not do what I should do. At least that is, I'm not consistent about my thank you notes. But honestly, how many of you, once Christmas quiets down, plan on getting out thank you cards, you know, like, paper thank you cards, and write notes of gratitude, and then put stamps, you know, stamps that you can still get from the um, post office, and then mail them. How many of you are good at it? Mm, Pretty good. How many of you intend to have your children write thank you notes for the gifts they've been given? Uh Uh-huh. It never matches. Okay. How many of you will be successful in getting your children to write thank you notes? (laughs) All the real moms are like, oh, they will. (laughs) Well, a 
as much as I want to say I will be good at sending thank yous this year, there's part of me that feels tired just thinking about the task. This year, more than most years, it feels like there's just too much to think about, too much to bear. So much has happened to dampen my holiday cheer, and I know many of yours. This particular Advent season, many of you have echoed this same feeling of weariness and its emotional siblings, like the feeling of meh or blah or overwhelm, ennui, melancholy, sadness, loneliness, in some cases, all-out depression. And we pastors have the honor of holding, being entrusted with your stories of hardships, and our hearts are heavy with yours. And 2023 brought unexpected deaths and distressing diagnoses, fractured relationships and broken bones, loss of employment and loss of pets, cancer treatments and COVID bouts. And can we even begin to give voice to all the calamities and disasters on the global stage Political misconduct, mass shootings, climate crises, atrocities of terrorism and wars, and all this seems to pile on daily. There's only so much psychic and emotional energy for any normal person to hold it all. And we've all been feeling the heaviness of this world Our theme for the four weeks of Advent was hope for a weary world. And the line comes from the French Christmas carol, O Holy Night, which is a favorite carol for many people, and it's one of my favorites. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, it goes. Advent has been this counterintuitive gift It's supposed to be a gift. It's a season set apart to acknowledge our weariness, our grief, without any sugarcoating. We're given permission to openly lament. And it turns out it's a gift not to have to pretend to be happy or cheerful. The world is weary. And most of us are bone-tired, and our eyes are trying to adjust to the darkness. And the earth is pining for something hopeful to be born. And Christmas comes as a promise, a promise fulfilled. Christmas is God's promise that in the midst of our pain, in the midst of the darkness... In the midst of the world's messiness, God's hope will be born. Advent has beckoned us to pay sharper attention, to wake up, to open the eyes and ears of our hearts so that it might be possible for us to really, really, really see and hear the presence of God. The presence of God 
that is already among us. Life is filled with grace and goodness, and sometimes it is easier to not see it. We are urged to stay alert, to feel for the presence of God in the ordinary, daily goings-on of our lives. And it strikes me that although we long for hope, genuinely long for hope, we ourselves cannot manufacture hope to satisfy our own longing. Because hope springs forth like a new and glorious morn because it is God who tirelessly hopes in us. God hopes in us. And in Jesus on Christmas, we, we see God's relentless love, God's dogged hope showed up. God showed up where weary people gathered. And God continues to show up where weary people gather. God's love is gravity-bound. God moved toward us in Jesus because God is always moving toward us. The good news at Christmas is that God did not hold back love. God sent this incarnate love note. God announced to the whole cosmos, I will never be weary of you. I will never tire of you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The hymn goes like this, O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. In the incarnation of Jesus, the soul felt its worth, as this French carol so poetically puts it. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? I just love it. What does it mean for the soul to suddenly feel its worth? Is it that the soul has been valorized in God's coming? That the soul leaps for joy when it comprehends its true value? The soul feels its worth when it encounters a love so amazing, so divine. The angel's message was sent to the weary shepherds just where they were, doing what shepherds do. And the message of the angel was so amazing and so divine that the shepherds were terrified. How could it be true? Walter Brueggemann, the biblical scholar, said, The shepherds represent all the forgotten people of the world. Migrants and strangers, the unhoused and those who are trafficked, addicts, widows and orphans, and the incarcerated, and all that society finds unseemly. The forgotten people 
don't usually feel their soul's worth. But the angels brought a message of radical love to the forgotten people. The angel's message comes to forgotten people in and among us. Street sweepers and garbage collectors and those who clean up after us at the mall. Housekeepers who wipe down bathrooms at McDonald's and Starbucks and airports. These are the shepherds of our time for whom God came and God continues to come. And if we want to be closer to God, we need to get closer to them. The angel said to the shepherds, go to Bethlehem for the Messiah has come and there will be a sign. And I imagine that the shepherds paused for just a, just a moment and, and held their breath and wondered, what kind of sign will it be for the Messiah to come? It must be royalty. But the angels made clear the sign would be a baby in a stable. The long-awaited Messiah who they hoped would liberate forgotten people would be found in a manger. They'd find their Savior swaddled in bands of cloth held closely by a weary Jewish teenage mother named Mary from Palestine with her exhausted husband Joseph right next to her. Now some of you might have been raised in a tradition that taught or preached about a wrathful God. And if that's true, I urge you to peek into the manger tonight. For there you will see the genuine nature of God in a sweet-smelling, soft, vulnerable baby, there is no room for wrath. There is no sound of fury. The only sound we hear are angels' voices singing glory to God in the highest and peace to the people on earth. The angels are still summoning a weary world to rejoice. So what do we do with such a grace-filled, unmerited, free gift of God? What else can we do but say, thank you, thank you? What else can we do but bow our hearts and bend our knees in awe and say, thank you? The 13th century German mystic, Meister Eckhart said, if the only prayer you utter in your entire life is thank you, it would be enough. If the only prayer you utter in your entire life is thank you, it would be enough. God's love moved toward us in Jesus, Emmanuel. Love is always moving toward us. And that's because of who God is, not because of anything we've done to merit it. God has hope and love for this weary world. So as a response to love's free gift, may we become living, breathing, incarnate, prayerful thank you notes. Like the voices of the angels, 
May we join our thanks for all that is good and grace-filled and unmerited. On this holy night, I think we can agree that thank yous are and always will be a thing. In fact, I think, I think thank you is the only thing. A blessed Christmas to all of you. Amen.